Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle. It's a very special 2022 draft episode and even more special that we've, for the first time in a while, we've got the full gang back together. Very nice. Very nice. Jordan, you're back with us. How are you feeling, mate? Um, feeling a lot better. Still absolutely shattered. Not done much research, so I apologise. How many listeners do we get? About three or four. Yeah, Outside so of I apologize. us. Yeah, I apologise to three or four listeners that... They're going to see this absolute disaster of a draft, probably. Jordan's naturally gifted at this. He does this in his sleep. He, he hasn't done much research, but he still knows more about college football than I will ever know. What's um, this research people are talking about? <laughs> I, I thought we had the Seattle Seahawks GM on the, on the call then. <laughs> no, he's, he's, he's talked a lot of sense so far, so definitely nothing to do with the Seahawks. <laughs> yeah, but he always talks sense before we press record. <laughs> true we've had a really good last 15 minute episode uh, absolutely i mean it was gold absolute gold peter we'll, we'll we'll just let people know that peter has half an eye of on uh, his english football team's fortunes this evening so if he shouts out expletives and such like um you'll know how it's going i've also got half an eye on that because my team's in a relegation battle and his team is playing the team that's just above us so um, yes, we're very happy, Peter, aren't we? When you say my team are playing, by the look of it, we're not playing at all, really. <laughs> no, you need to step it up, that's all I'm saying. I, I do like the double representation Peter's got, though. He's got his, his <laughs> English football shirt on, his Sheffield Wednesday shirt with his Bengals hat on. Just... <laughs> he's got a mixed evening um... ahead of him. I assume that you've mentioned that just to let people know that I'm a Bengals fan and we're picking 31 because we got to the Super Bowl. Thank you. <laughs> there it is. One minute 30. Well. Yeah, he did well. Yeah, who had 90 seconds on the sweepstake? <laughs> so, and I wonder, let's let's put it out there. We've got a, a podcast about a draft, which is the first round which the Miami Dolphins aren't picking in. So is there an opportunity? And this one doesn't count. After I've said it, for anybody to mention to her. Who? Let's see if it comes up. So, yes, the plan is we are going to try... We're going to, we will cover 32 picks. Uh, picks have been distributed evenly um, as we could. Uh, we have all been assigned our own teams to pick for as well. Peter has made attempts to sabotage the draft throughout the week trying to get his hands on picks for divisional rivals for the Bengals, but we've stood firm and it's not happened. So there's loads to get through. So let's just pile straight into it. Um, Jordan, you're back with us and you get the honour this week. You are kicking it off. Pick number one for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, it is an honour because it, uh, James has been sweating all day to see where I'm going and see where he's going to go <laughs> second. But I think um, I, I read somewhere that like the, they're still not decided on where they're going to go. The Jackson Jaguars have the meetings on Wednesday to decide. But for me, I think I've got to go Evan Neal, you know, offensive tackle. You know, like he's, um, there's some good edge players on there, but he's, he's going to be the future for them. You know, they've got Walker Little in the second round the other day. They've got, um, is it Cam, Cam Robinson in it? They've signed him, the franchise, franchise tagged him again, but he's not going to be there after this year, I don't believe. So I'm going Evan Neal. Peter's already shaking his head, so I'll, Let's see what Peter has to say. So you 
franchise tag with a huge cost, Cam Robinson, and then use your number one pick to get an offensive tackle? Cam Robinson won't be there after this year. It's not that well, bad. I don't, I don't really rate him that much anyway. But I agree. But you don't. In which case, you don't treasury tag it. Treasure. You, <laughs> <laughs> you don't tag him and then um, then pick an offensive tackle. If you've got them one pick, you know you're going to pick offensive tackle. Then you might as well um, save your money. And um, the, the edge class is so deep. The offensive tackle that's so good at the top of the class, and they, and they could still pick up an edge in the second round. I do agree that. that the edges are good at the top, but I still think they'll get someone good in the second round. Okay, um, I agree that I think they've got more than just that need. They can move him in, inside. He, he can play potentially a guard or start off. There's other places, I guess. So, and I think yeah, there's more value later on. But yeah, it's, I think they're going to go that way because apparently Doug has mentioned that he wants an offensive lineman. So sounds like that's the way they're going. I can't believe Jordan's broken our green room pre-record bet. Within 30 seconds, absolutely devastated. <laughs> this three three edges in the first three we talked oh, yeah. about. That's true. <laughs> he did it on purpose, I guarantee it. And he's absolutely shattered my dreams as a Giants fan as well of uh, Evan Neal. Heartbroken. Luckily, it's not the real thing. Oh, no <laughs> Controversy with the first pick. Don't you love it, James? Around to you. You are on the clock for the Detroit Lions. Mine's pretty straightforward. Take the best player in the draft, Aiden Hutchinson. And, I mean, obviously, it makes a lot of sense anyway, simply because he's from Michigan. He's a local lad. They are being heavily linked with getting him. And for me, he is the best player on this, on this board for me. Um, I think he's great athletic. There's people saying that he's a very good player, but he's not that gifted. Um, and he's just for the fact he works really hard. But I, the combine show that he actually did as well, if not, as, as better than anyone else on the edge side of things. A lot of his numbers was as good, if not better. And we've seen that he's got the motor and he, the effort is definitely there. I think he is absolutely head and shoulders above the rest. I, I know Jordan's going to mention one other name and I and I'm, I must admit, I'm going to agree. I, I love the other edge player that Jordan also loves. But um, for me, it just makes too much sense. For the Lions' point of view, I think they would choose Hudson as a local hero more than anything. As though I do agree that in Hutchinson will probably go to the Lions, the local hero and stuff. Over the three years, Kevin Thibodeau has got better production than in Hutchinson. Uh, in Hutchinson only came on the scene this season. He's been okay the two seasons before, but Kevin Thibodeau is better. But I respect your decision. To go <laughs> does, there. But does Thibodeau actually love the game though? <laughs> <laughs> and there's the media person. <laughs> and I, listen, good, good pick, James. I, I, there's no way Hutchinson gets to three because um, Detroit will pick him. Yes, he's local, but also he was instrumental in turning around the locker room the, the, um, at Michigan. He was crucial for that, and that's exactly what the Lions need. So um, good pick, James. Yeah, I mean, yeah, as a Michigan player, he should be number one overall anyway. But... He had a really bad game against the uh, Spartans <laughs> last year. He had a terrible time chasing after Kenneth Walker all day. It was Magnificent. <laughs> um, never mind. Oh, why, so ever, I, why ever would you have that. an edge chasing after a running back? <laughs> just, just let me have my moment, Peter. Um, I get to pick at three, and I was quite uh, this. It was random, to a point. Um, Texans, and it was quite nice because you could argue that they need everybody, anybody, everybody on the ball. Um, you know, if you, if you read some of the Texans uh, media, they need help at edge, they need help in the trenches, they need help in the secondary. 
and a few playmakers on top of that as well. So um, I just think they're in. They're so far away from from anything that it doesn't really matter as long as they get they get a stellar player in whatever position. So I've just gone with them going straight in for the trenches and building building from inside there. And I've given them Ikeem Akwonu, uh offensive tackle from North Carolina. Their line is a problem um, on top of everything else. And, you know, he's everything you read, he's, he's versatile and he's freakishly athletic. So I think you plug him in there, you give him time and he's he solves a problem for a good few years. He is one of the best run-blocking offensive lineman to come out in a long, long time. He'll need work on his um, uh, pass protection, but uh, certainly his run, um, uh, he's very, very good in the rushing game. I think yeah. he's probably likely to go to the Jags. They seem to, the Jaguars seem to be taking him over nil, as it stands, from what the insiders are saying, but I think both of them are both elite. So, yeah. Yeah, but choice. they haven't listened to Jordan's point. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, Jaguars are taking everyone. <laughs> if you look at the people, <laughs> Trayvon, Trayvon Walker at number one. That's true. Yeah, that's a surprise yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah. So it's so over to. You say that would be that would be a surprise, Jordan? Do you say? Yeah, I would be surprised if it yeah. were number one. Mm-hmm. It's over to Peter to pick for the New York Jets. You're on mute, Peter. Um, my apologies. <laughs> yeah, the Jets. The Jets um, need help throughout. I think a cornerback is certainly on the cards, but I think that's more likely to be pick 10, whoever's got that. Um, I think that ultimately they have to look at the premium positions that are going to have the maximum impact. Carl Lawson, they got as a free agent from the Bengals and promptly got injured. Uh, expect to have him back. But I think it's going to have to be one of the edge rushers, either KT or, or Trayvon Walker. Um, and so um, because I don't want Jordan to shout at me, I'm going for KT. So Kayvon Thibodeau of Oregon, the edge rusher, is going to the New York Jets. Yeah. I, I, I'm a, I can obviously have a massive Pac-12 fan, so I love Kayvon Thibodeau. But I just think... Robert Seller just look at Kayon Fibido and it'd be hard for him to pass on him. I think he'd, I think he'd love him there. So I, if he, I, I would be surprised if he went somewhere else, but you never know. You see, so we're through four picks there. And Rob is furiously scribbling away on his on his notes. I think that's what he's doing anyway. I haven't got any, I haven't got any picks down on my shortlist though because he's just taken. Yeah, just I could so. I could see him sort of shaking his head with each pick there. So we're going to pass over to New York Giants fan Rob to pick for the New York Giants. Yeah, and I, I know this is a mock draft. I'd be surprised if one of those names already gone doesn't land to Giants at five. Um, otherwise, I'm definitely going to bed. But. 25, 25 past one on Thursday, Friday morning. Um, yeah, there's two two massive gaps, lots of gaps at the Giants. Um, but yeah, two massive massive gaps on the offensive line and and with edge. So um, having seen four of those big big boys go, there's decision to make. But I know there's a lot of talk about Trevon Walker going one to Jags, and we've just discussed that. Um, but the need for an offensive lineman is is just as big. So. Panthers come at six, so I'll take my chances. I'll take Trevon Walker at, at five. Can, can I just uh, 
just need to question one thing, Rob. Yeah, go for it. 25 past one. You'll be picking about quarter past two, mate. Is it not that quick? Oh, Is it 15? Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> I'll be asleep by about then. Yeah. Wishful <laughs> thinking, maybe. <laughs> um, one thing that's like crazy, like with drafts and stuff, you know, like about two months ago, Trayvon Walker was so far down the list and George Kalaftos was so high up the list and mm. it just shows you how much you can change in two months, two months with like people putting out their mock drafts and Seeing stuff, you know, it's it's it's, it's, it's just it's just brilliant. The draft, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know about this one, but the, the real one, mm-hmm. um, Peter. Before we started recording, you were saying that you thought there was maybe we were asking about which picks in the actual draft might kind of blow it all up, and what was really pivotal. This one was mentioned, so it's back to you. Pick number six, Carolina Panthers. Yeah, the the Panthers um, are um, just a car crash of a, an organization at the moment and needs so much work to them they decided to um go and get sam Darnold as their quarterback and then double down on that mistake by then giving him the fifth year option um this is a position where we could see the first quarterback come off the board um uh, but i don't think they're good enough i don't think the panthers will i think that they will um, wait for next season when they'll probably be picking the top five um, anyway. I think they may decide to um, entertain the whole of the NFL um, fans by um, trading for Baker Mayfield and having Sam Donald and Baker, Baker Mayfield in camp together, which would be hilarious. So the stat which always sticks with me is that uh, the name escapes me, but the left tackle of the Panthers in around 2012 retired. Since then, they've had a, um, a different starting left tackle every season, and that's just mind-boggling. Blo- mind so for me, they've got to start in the trenches in readiness for whichever quarterback they eventually uh, settle on. So um, at this point, Charles Cross, the Mississippi State offensive tackle, is going to be a Carolina Panther. Right, Rob. Life yeah, that runs makes you fast. It does, yeah, pretty rapid. I think Joe Shane has talked about this in a lot of his um, kind of media briefings that you know he's got going to have one to, one to seven names of, of top quality players that he's happy to take, no matter what happens in one to six, any trades or anything that happens. So whilst whilst Giants are desperately looking for an offensive tackle, you've just seen some of the the best names go off the board there. So rather than delving down the ranking to someone like Trevor Penning or, or further down the list. I think the Giants in this situation, if that happens on the night, they have to try and take the best best player available in the, in the draft. Um, so that's why I'm going to take Ahmed Gardner, source, uh, at seven. Damn you. I mean, <laughs> any thoughts on that, fellas? He's the, uh, the sought-after guy in his, in his position. Him. Love him. He's been um, CB1 for me for a long time. Lockdown, he won't have the flashy stats and production simply because, although there's the stat that he's never conceded a, um, a, um, a touchdown in his college career, but they stopped throwing it his way. Um, his partner, Kobe Bryant, won the award for the best defensive back in the in the college game. That's because he was extremely busy because they had to throw his weight because they were steering clear of Source Gardner. So um, 
love that pick. You can leave him on an island, and uh, he, he's got the alpha mentality as a cornerback, sort of a Jalen Ramsey, but but actually nice. So uh, so yeah, good. Yeah, he's he's, he's my my cornerback one as well. Um, I, I really like him, and um, I think there's a lot of people talking about a guy called Calvin Austin, a wide receiver who will go late on. Who was like one of the fastest receivers. And I'm a guy that kept with him when they played um, Memphis. You know, he kept with him stride for stride. He's, 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 he has really got a lot going for him. And he's, I can't wait to watch him wherever he lands. Well, as long as it, it, well, it won't land in the NFC uh, West, so I'd have to worry about it. But yeah, I, I really like him. So you've it's come back to me with the Atlanta Falcons at eight. And <laughs> I was... Not go, Andy. You've literally got the whole team. To well, try. they are, yeah. I'm, I'm fortunate, aren't I, in that they're similar to the Texans and you could make cases for pretty much everybody. Um, I was... I kind of was going to wait and see how the rest of this panned out to see which way I went because their biggest need... Um, if you, you know, if, if you can split them, is probably on the edge... Um, but, you know, you, you're splitting hairs, really. They are one of the worst pass rush outfits in, in the league. But look at the state of the of the, the roster. Um, and given who's gone off the board, I thought, well, we'll, we'll, we'll mix it up a little bit. And their next biggest need from edges is, is probably wide receiver. So let's start chipping away at them. And I don't know. You can, let's, see, let's see how people feel about this one. I'm going to go with Garrett Wilson. Uh, as their pick at eight. Everyone's got their favourite in this class, I know, haven't they? But I haven't seen a great deal of, of, of any of them, to be honest, just little bits. But, you know, everything I've read and the bits I have seen, he's been effective, you know, kind of on the outside and the inside, really. He's, he's been quite versatile in that respect. And I think they just need, they need someone who can hang, they can hang their hat on for years to come and, you know, just let him develop. And I think he'd be a nice fit for him. I don't think he's wide receiver one ordinarily, hmm. uh, maybe wide receiver two. I think Jameson Williams, but because of his injury, he's yeah. become wide receiver one. Um, I think um, you, you spent about 30 seconds explaining why you went for wide receiver when you simply could have said they need someone who can catch a ball because they haven't got anyone. Um, they, they need a wide receiver who can catch the ball. <laughs> someone else. So, uh, good, good pick that, Andrew. I think it makes a lot of sense. Now then, now then, Jordan, your time to shine, your time to shine, my friend, Seattle Seahawks. You could have made it so much harder for me there, oh. so much harder. Um, when Charles Crossan and Ahmed Gardner went off the board, I was, because I don't, I'm not saying Seahawks won't go quarterbacks, you just, like we mentioned, I don't know if it's off air, so we, we don't even know what the Seahawks are going to do, I don't know if they know what they're going to do half the time, pick up, put a pin in it and see what they're going to pick, but I don't want a quarterback, so I, won't, I, won't, I don't want to go there. I wanted Charles Cross or Sauce Gardner. I thought one of them might slip to me, but obviously not. And then when I saw Falcons up, I thought he's going to get that guy. And I'm going to have to go quarterback here or something out. Like but Ooh. I'm going to go Jermaine Johnson, Edge from Florida State. You know, um, he's he's so bendy and twitchy. He's, he's really shot up boards when we see, we see what he can do. He just dominated at the Senior Bowl and things. So yeah, I probably would have preferred them too, but it's still not a bad third option, Jermaine Johnson. And it's like we said, Seahawks need a lot of help on defense, and it would be a good start with two second round picks later on. I'm going to touch on this later because I was listening to Daniel Jeremiah Move the Sticks podcast, and I was talking about a stat that's really starting to take off, and it's the stat that I think it's um, pressure 
percentage wins and it's it's mainly for like edge rushers so obviously pressures you get pressures but then it's the way uh, and to get a pressure percentage win is when you're up against someone who's actually blocking them and they're having to battle it out and i think he actually out of the top five only had 10 percent success rate where thibodeau i think had 23 percent hudson had 27 percent and i think it was Kyle Aftis actually had the highest with like 28 percent which I thought was fascinating because obviously Jermaine Johnson's shot up the ball as it's gone on, as the year's gone on, and he's definitely a top 10 pick in a lot of people's mock drafts. But that stat is quite concerning to think when he's one-on-one with a big guy, he doesn't always win. But then at the same time, he's very productive. So it's like, how much do you read into these stats? I don't know. I think um, if you go back and look at a lot of edge guys coming from college, there's a lot that don't get many sacks, don't many get many pressures in college, and they go on in the, into the next level to do okay. We know how how much percent a lot of these players don't end up being top top players in the first round. So obviously it is hit and miss in certain positions. But I know in the past I can't think of any names off my head that there's a lot um that have had very limited like you know success as a pass rusher but in the next at the next level they've been got in the hands of NFL coaches and been excellent. Yes. I am a little bit surprised though. I generally thought you might be going for a safety or cornerback there just to get the whole Legion of Boom started again. <laughs> Just um, don't get me wrong, Derek Stingley's um, fresh true freshman season were brilliant, but it's just too early for me. I can't, I can't do it. I, if I if I had if we had second and third year success, you know, like after that freshman, I'd yeah. be all over it. It probably won't be going. It probably won't It'd be, be here. But free, it's too it? risky for for us to to go there. Really, we need to get players. You know, and people might think Jermaine Johnson is risky, but I think it's a good tool, especially when we've got the picks that we've got coming up as well. You know, Stad. And the Seahawks have spent uh, are spending a lot of money in their secondary already with their um, safeties, uh, and the pass rush has sort of fallen away over the years, hasn't it? You, um, you, you had Carlos Dunlap off us, who, who did next to nothing. You had um, former number one pick, the Houston Texan edge, Jalen Clowney. Yeah, who's uh, the biggest enigma in the NFL at the moment. Yeah. We're still waiting to see which team will get suckered into giving him a contract again this year. Um, so I think edge rush is um, is right. And I know what you said about there's a, there is depth in edge and there is, but there is a big uh, drop off. And I think you've just you've just got the last of the really good edge rushers um, now. So I think that's a that's a solid pick, Jordan. James, we're back to you, mate. Number 10 pick, New York Jets. It's made my job so much easier. Um, Having sort of looked into it a little bit, I know the Jets really could do with a decent safety. I know they've, you know, they've they've addressed it, but there's a safety in this draft. The buzz seems to have died off a little bit. I don't really understand it. I I haven't followed him enough that the couple of games I caught last year and, and generally what I read up going into the draft this year, Carl Hamilton was insane. Like, the guy, the guy just seems to be everywhere. He's, you know, if he's not getting his hand in there, if he's not managed to get a turnover, he's just, he seems to be one of those players that you just, he's impact player on a, on a defense. It doesn't always stand out to me. I'm more of an offensive guy, but he was that sort of guy that he can't help but see in every game I watch them. So I think it's definitely an area that they could do want to improve is a secondary. I think it was either the, between him or Stingley at this stage. But for me, I just think Cole Hamilton, he's in my top five. So it just makes sense for me if they took Cole Hamilton over the 10th pick. I had Edge or Safety as my two positions, and obviously Peter took Thibodeau, which I would have absolutely done as well. So they've already addressed that. So for me, get your safety, and now that defence really has a chance next year. Point well made. Um, Peter, coming back to you at 11, Washington Commanders. 
Well, Carl Hamilton was going to go to the Washington Commanders until James skipped <laughs> there. Um, what do, I mean, what Washington Commanders need is new ownership. And a bit of moral fibre. Can you draft that? Uh, but I can't find any of that in the draft charts, I'm going to be honest <laughs> with you. So we're just going to have to stick with the player. Um, they could do with strengthening the wide receiver room with Scary Terry McLaurin. Um, but I also think that they need help at the back. And so I'm going to go cornerback. Um, when James was on the clock, I was thinking that he would go Stingley and I was going to go Hamilton. But I thought that if he went, well, as soon as he went Hamilton, I thought, well, it's got to be Stingley. Um, Jordan's right. You don't know what to expect from Stingley. Uh, Andy's reaction there, I don't think he's happy that I'm taking Stingley. <laughs> Jordan's right. Um, freshman season, Stingley looked an absolute world beater and we've hardly had much since. He's managed to build up a little bit of um, draft stock with his pro day, but what's he going to be like on the field and competitive play, we don't know. And that's why I think picking him in the top 10 is a reach. I think from about... 10 or 11 onwards, maybe his his uh, area. And um, so, yeah, we're going to have um, LSU Tigers. Um, Derek Stingley Jr. will be a, a Washington commander. Yeah. Just, um, just going a quick point, and anyone can answer it if they want to. Obviously, you mentioned uh, Terry McLaurin there. Obviously, Terry McLaurin, AJ Brown, and obviously Debo Samuel now just thrown in saying they don't want to go back to Thingy. I think it's a bad time a week before the draft to yes. say that you want Thingy. It seems like, obviously, the wide receivers aren't that bad at the top. You know, there's some decent wide receivers at the top. Of my. It seems a bit strange to want a payday when GMs would rather have the cheap option of um, a top wide receiver if they're up there in the draft. I don't know what you guys thought. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, I agree, but they've seen that um, expected um, positions to get well paid haven't. But then wide receivers all of a sudden have. Have you seen some mega contracts? And I mean, that's the only reason why Tyreek Hill is, is no longer at the Chiefs, isn't it? Let's face it. Devontae Adams, I think that's triggered everyone. And I think, um, therefore, these players are thinking, this is my time. This is my time. And I'm good enough. My stock is high enough that there's going to be um, someone in the arms race, that is the uh, AFC at the moment, who's going to... Um, trade picks and you know whilst the picks still exist trade those picks and offer me a big bag i think that's why they're doing it uh yeah there was i was i am up next rather i'm with the vikings at 12 and i would have i would have snapped up uh derek stingley no doubt i think oh i know oh i know the, mindful of the you know the concerns about his fitness but i think with it's definitely cornerback is the need for the Vikings at this position. Um, Patrick Peterson is back, uh, which which everyone is happy about. He'd probably be lining up if the season started now. Um, he'd be lining up alongside Cam Dantzler, which is not not the worst thing, but he's still got a lot to prove. Um, we still have to address that position. The two the two main guys have gone, but I, if they end up with Trent McDuffie. <laughs> Andy, I, I do apologise. I do have to interrupt for major breaking news. Go on. <laughs> oh, they've scored. There you go. And back to the draft. <laughs> yeah. Um, if, if the Vikings end up with Trent McDuffie, I'll take it. Um, 
You know, he's he doesn't have to necessarily start week one. Like I said, we've got some bodies back there, albeit they're not perfect. But um, you know, he's, I like I like what I have watched of him recently. Um, I think you know he's physical and he's a bit of again he's another very very athletic player. There's a lot to learn, no doubt, and a lot of work to do in general with our secondary. But I'd take that at twelve, so wouldn't complain. Uh, where are we um, going? Andy, um, apologies, for, me. apologies <laughs> for interrupting, if I may. Mm-hmm. We've scored again. Three oh, you've scored again. Get in. Game. Thank you very much. And back to the... Uh, Peter's sitting there going, who did you take, Andy? So, yes, we're back to Rob, and you <laughs> are picking for... Oh, go on, Jordan. No, I just wanted to throw in quickly, just before I came on, just before we started podcast, I was watching the uh, PFN podcast where it's called Chris Sims dropped his um, mock draft today and he had Kevin Fibidor going to you mm. <laughs> well he won't go that low you know <laughs> what you want about Rob Chris Sims is very reliable when it comes to like <laughs> Chris, Chris Sims also said that uh, Kellen Mond was probably going to end up being the starting quarterback for the Vikings halfway through last season so he talks a lot of shite sometimes um, can I just go back to the McDuffie pick? Mm. Um, I, if you scout a player based upon their stat line, based upon their statistics, their uh, physical attributes, then you're not picking Trent McDuffie in the first round. Mm. But he's a damn good cornerback. Co- uh, uh, he's a feisty little thing. Mm. Um, short arms, but feisty. Um, He's a bit like a T-Rex. Um, but i tell you what he would be good at as well. I think he's got positional versatility because you could very easily see him play as a safety. And um, he's like three safety sets as well. He'll get on the on the field early because of that versatility. So um, I, I don't usually like complimenting you, Andy, but that's a good pick. So safety is another need as well. So we, we took, I forget who it was, but we did take somebody last year for that very reason. Um, um, somebody who was listed as a cornerback, but we told him we were going to play him as a safety. We didn't play him as either, as it turned out. But you know, the 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 point was there. Rob, it's back to you for the Houston Texans. Good Thank luck. you. Yeah, yeah. McDuffie was a, a shortlisted pick for one of my later later picks in the, in this draft, so I'll, I'll scrub him off first of all. Um, yeah, Texans. I think uh, Andy, you might have picked the Kwamru as offensive tackle pick three, so I think they need to work it on the other side of the ball. Um, I'm going to take defensive tackle Jordan Davis from Georgia. Ooh. Anyone on that before we move on to the next pick? It's hard to disagree. I, I just yeah. think he's a big... He's just massive, he's physical, and he's definitely someone you could build around, so I like it. Um, I'd like to say something. First of all, um, James, I like you. You're, you're very nice. I like you. You're very good at what you do here. That was a very good, yeah. solid pick. Because God forbid Jordan Davis gets to Baltimore Ravens at the next pick. Yeah. Because I mean he's a Baltimore Raven um, DT, and we'll have to put up with him if, as a lot of mocks suggest, Tyler Linderbaum drops to thirty-one, and the Bengals are uh, uh, like him and go and pick him. He's going to struggle with someone the size of Tyler Davis. Um, so um, yeah, I think that's a fantastic pick by Houston Texans. Obviously, replacing what they had before with DJ Reader, who went to the Bengals, I think. Right, Jordan, fourteen. This was a pick that I think 
Peter wanted to get his hands on uh, because it's the Ravens. <laughs> Long snapper. <laughs> you stood firm, so where are you going at 14? Well, John Davis were on my list and a few of us, so it's a tough one now. Well, it's not a tough one. I'm just not happy with it, but I'm not a, Raven. I'm not a Ravens fan, so I suppose I don't have to care. Um, I'll, I'll probably look at... I probably would go Trevor Penning, offensive tackle. You know... Um, but Malik Willis, they need a quarterback who can throw a ball. <laughs> I think um, we've, we've had a bit of karma on... <laughs> yeah, I, I would have liked John Davis. Yeah, I think... I, I think Peter said it in rapid that they didn't have him, you know, it would have been a great pick, but they still need offensive line help, you know, and Trevor Penning's, uh, and well, if you've seen any of his tape, just go watch it if you haven't, he's an absolute maul, he's still, still a lot of work to do with him and stuff, you know, he's, but he's, he's got the damn good tools to be a good offensive tackle in the NFL. Well, sit tight, John, because we're coming back to you after this one as well. Peter, 15, Philadelphia yeah. Eagles. Can I just comment on Penning? And mm. You're right about the Mauler. Um, again, this is one of these issues that you hear every draft season, like, oh, he doesn't love the game and, and, and crap like that. Sometimes players get accused of being overly aggressive. When you're an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman, I can tell you now, the coaches would rather try and calm you down rather than try and get you built up. If you've not got it in you, you never will. But if you've got it in you, you can be calmed down. Uh, and Penning's an older prospect, which turns a lot of people off, but um, he's raw, but he's got that physical ability and um, he's going to need that in the AFC North. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a decent pick for the um, Dirty Birds. So that's me now. Yes, for the you're, you're on the other dirty birds. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now the Eagles, this is an interesting one because... Um, All back. Yeah, well, I was thinking that. <laughs> now, the, um, my first thought is cornerback, cornerback. <laughs> um, and I think this would be a good position for McDuffie, but he's gone early. I, yeah, we can, we can look at... Um, Elam, we can look at Andrew Booth Jr. Booth Jr. is slipping down because he's not been able to test. Um, and Elam, I think 15 is a bit high. So I I'm going to, I'm really tempted here to go for, oh, sorry, shall I do it? All right, I'm. I no, I'm not. Uh, I, I was really tempted <laughs> to go for Devontae Wyatt. Um, to um, They've got Fletcher Cox for another season, uh, but ultimately they need a replacement there. But I think we need to push a little bit um, wider on the edge. So I, I'm going to go for the massively underrated George Karlaftis uh, uh, of Purdue. Great choice. Yeah, I thought he might have gone before now, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, he seems to be slipping down mock mm. drafts. People just don't seem to be... His stats are really good, and then people just don't seem to give him the credit he deserves. He's not getting the same buzz that you know, some of the other ones like Jermaine Johnson are. <clears throat> so that's why I, I find the draft fascinating, because for me, I have him higher than Jermaine Johnson. Yeah. Just the little bits, I probably saw him more, I guess, and I don't like Florida State, so that's probably a big part. But like I do find it fascinating that early on, he was the head of him, and now... I don't see what's changed that much, but I'm like, he's that far below him. But, you know, luckily I don't know what I'm talking about. So. 
the trick is um, in the draft is publicity, is it not? And therefore, if you were a college player before going to college, create two or three burner Twitter accounts <laughs> and just keep tweeting on them to make them look quite normal. And then when you're about to come out of college, you go berserk, pumping up, pumping yourself up, putting your vids out, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Because if you're out there, if there is a lot of talk on you, people just jump on, jump on the same bandwagon and will follow it. We're not allowed to bring burner accounts up on this podcast anymore, Peter. Oh, I'm sorry, have I broken a rule? <laughs> we try to reform ourselves. Yes, that's very true. Uh, Jordan, back to you again. Talk uh, about dirty. Keep going dirty. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad I didn't get this big. You're at 16, New Orleans Saints. Well, I know where I'm going, and James don't have to worry because they've got James Winston there, so it's, it's not too bad. But... Um, <laughs> Some good wide receivers on the board, but this is obviously things could change. Like, but at the moment, Michael Thomas is still there. I don't know what's going to happen with him. You know, Mike Thomas is going to come back. So I'm going to go Chris Alavi because I think them two will complement each other really well. You know, and um, he's he's NFL ready. I know he had that extra year, which everyone were a bit strange that he didn't come in, but I think this guy's going to blow it up for him. He's, he's I'm not saying he's got the highest ceiling out of the wide receivers, but he'll be at a, he'll be at a start and put up numbers straight away compared to the others. I I believe anyway. 100 percent behind everything you said there, Jordan. I think he's a perfect fit for the Saints. I really do. That's a shame, isn't it? Um, I liked him as well. Yeah. Not anymore. Never mind. God bless him. If that happens. Uh, James, it's back to you. Feel like you've been off the board for ages, mate. You're back with the 17th pick for the Chargers. So I, I was worried what the Saints might be doing here with Jordan. Um, I had Trevor Penning as my first choice. I had obviously Jordan Davis in the mix. I've got wide receiver, but I think defensive tackle. I mean, they could do with a run stopper. And that's why I really hoped Jordan Davis would somehow survive this far because there's such a desperate need for it. He's as good as anyone. But I'll go for his teammate uh, and go for Devontae Wyatt. And just simply because they've got kind of enough on that offense to, you know, they, they've improved a lot all over the place. And I definitely think the Chargers are, are well suited this year. But one place they could definitely get a bit younger and improve on is still that defensive tackle for me. So I think considering how deep the receivers are, they could definitely, they're not desperate for it. So they can definitely come back in the next couple of rounds and, and pick up someone else to add to that receiver core. So I think Wyatt is definitely the, the move for me. So they would have Bosa on one flank. Who do they just pick up in free agency on the other edge? Was it Mac? Was it Khalil Mack? Khalil they did Mack. pick up a big free yeah. yeah. so We're going to have Bosa and Mack on the edge and Devonta Wyatt pushing the centre. What a defensive tackle that is. That, that, AFC, that AFC West is going to be fantastic. It really is, isn't it? It is. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's the thing. I think, why would you not, though? Like, they've loaded up. They've yeah. definitely loaded up on two or three areas that I thought was a bit of an issue for them or, yeah. you know, needed help with. And then if you do this, then they've definitely got something different to challenge the Chiefs with. I think yeah. that's what's important. And I honestly think the Chargers are set. If they don't do it this year, then... Yeah, I mean, you go one of two ways. You either uh, overload with offensive weapons and try and outscore, or you try and get to the quarterback. And then when you've got... Um, Mahomes, uh, Derek Carr, and um, uh, Wilson in that um, uh, division. I think that's that's a really good defensive line. That scary. Mm, 
Uh, it's back to me at 18 for the Eagles. Uh, I asked some, I read a little bit during the week about what people felt their biggest needs were. And then I asked some Eagles fans who I'm in a, uh, a WhatsApp group with and got completely conflicting um, opinions back, which was interesting, which probably suggests that they need a bit of everything. Uh, I think... The things I see on social media, they're desperate. The ones who I interact with, they're desperate for a shiny new wide receiver um, because everybody is, and I'm not giving them it, frankly. They don't deserve it. Um, I've gone uh, with the secondary, actually. Um, I think, you know, people talk about edge with them as well. Everybody seems, seems to need help on the edge. I think secondary will do... Um, obviously Hamilton's off the board so I'm going to pick Daxton Hill of oh. Michigan nice Chris um, I mean Andrew you're right they didn't need edge but of course I picked them Carl Aftis mm. um, earlier on I think uh, Daxton Hill's a good pick because he is a safety but he's a safety that can play in yeah. the slot he can play um, as um, a linebacker um, it, he's a sneaky quiet pick for but Bengals in real life at 31, I suspect. Ooh. So uh, I think 18 is, is as high as I've seen Daxton Hill go. Um, so, but I think I think that's a, that's a good pick. Very wide, yeah. wide receiver, you're right, is a possibility. But they've, they've drafted wide receiver in the first round in each of the last two drafts. Sure, they need to draft a wide receiver who can actually catch a ball. But um, why would you do it three years in a row? <laughs> And they did bring who was it they brought in from brought somebody in from the Colts, didn't they? As a receiver. Pascal, on it. Zach Pascal. Yeah, Zach Pascal came in as well. So yeah, they're not getting one off me. Uh, they can they can swim. Um Rob, it's back to you at 19. The Saints back on the board again. Yeah. So with Jordan going rock wide receiver, I wondered which way he'd go with, with the Saints. I think they've got two two big needs. Um so with receivers kind of taken care of. Terran Armstead obviously has left the building. So I think they've got a bit of a gaping hole at um, offensive tackle. Most of the big names have gone, but someone I've liked the look of in, in mock drafts and, and write-ups is Abraham Lucas. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to take him for, for the Saints. Peter's looks in disbelief. I don't think I've ever seen him around one uh, in oh. a mock. Quite something that. So many names off the list. I think you just got to. It's Washington State. You know, he's he's big, he's quick, he's did very well in the combine. Um, yeah, I think I mean, so. No criticism at all of the position. Um, they definitely need that. I actually have a sneaking suspicion that the Saints who've moved already, I think they may try and move it further up the draft. And yeah. everyone will think, oh, that's for a quarterback. Now, nah, I think they're looking to get one of the big three or four offensive tackles to replace Armstead. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. Yeah, yeah. I don't disagree with you. But as you said, they, they've gone. Yeah. And there's, a couple of, there's a couple of others. There's Bernard Ryman and Tyler Smith as well on I, there I, as well. But I thought that you were going Ryman. I, I personally would have gone Tyler Smith, who, again, seems yeah. to be picking up quite a lot of traction uh, late in this mock process, uh, in this draft process. I do, I do like it. It's the highest that I've seen him, but I, I still I like Abraham Lucas. You know, I think he's a good a good tackle. Played a lot at right tackle for Washington State, but he can flip to left tackle as well. So mm. it makes a change that the Seahawks are reaching for someone. So, so that's nice to see. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't real, Jordan. <laughs> 
Peter, we're coming back to you. Oh, no, we're not. James first. Forgive me. Forgive me. Oh, yeah, we couldn't give Peter this one uh, because it's, it's Pittsburgh Steelers at 20. No, no, no. Let, let me have the Steelers. Please, please. Then... I'll swap. <laughs> no, go on then. Go for it. Um, I'm a bit torn because obviously every mock draft has had Pickett going by now. And then it just kind of leaves you with no other option if they do want to go quarterback. So I had a couple other options down, but they've gone. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of left. I'll be reaching for the other positions I've got. and I, It's now between Pickett and Malik Willis. And I, I don't think they necessarily go this way, but I just think they've got to think of the future. And if they're looking at the long term, which I think the Steelers are, they're not the Panthers, they're not desperate. They've got guys who they seem to believe will be okay this year. I don't believe in it. But you know, maybe they don't necessarily think they're going to win a Super Bowl this year, to be fair. Um, but I think if they go Malik, Malik Willis longer term, that might make sense at this point. If they're going to go Kenny Pickett, they would generally must believe he could be a week one star. But I just think that's a wasted pick, personally, because he's not going to be long term. I think he might be okay for a couple of years, but he's not long term for me. Um, I think he's pretty average. So I'm going to go Malik Willis, and it's simply because a lot of people don't think there's a quarterback going to go get this far into the into the draft but I generally think there's every chance of it because why would you there's so much more talent above you that I think it could happen and if it does I think they go for Willis and then look for one or year two maybe year two that he comes in so I'm going to go with that yeah I think that's solid I don't wouldn't be surprised at any of that at all wouldn't be surprised Malik Willis is just Jalen Hurts and Jalen Hurts can probably throw better let's be honest I'm not a big fan I, I generally don't quite see the fuss. I, I like I, it, back end of the first, early second. If you wanted to, you know, have that option, I like it. But I'm not sold on him. I'm really not. I think people are trying to fall in love with him just because he has that running ability and that slightly higher ceiling. But so many of these guys don't get to the high ceiling. But given what everyone keeps the buzz around him, I do think it would be a sensible pick for the Steelers if they buy into him. But yeah, I'm not sure. I think if any um, decent offensive tackles get down there, they they would be wiser to look for an offensive tackle, personally. Well, based on last year, definitely. I, I tried to search. I researched on it in a couple of stories I read. They were saying that they've kind of sorted it. They've sorted their line with re-signing people and a couple of people they brought in. But I, that was one of the worst lines I ever saw last year. So I think you're right. I think if the right guy fell, um, like a Trevor Penning, for instance, I think they might push pull the trigger on that. But I, I may be wrong with the name, uh, in which case I apologise. But I think they re-signed a Corafor. And if... And the reason I remember that is he got the exact same contract as the Bengals play, played Lyle Collins to come in now. <laughs> Big difference. Yeah, yeah a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it'd be interesting to see. Peter, back to that's, you. Yeah, that's me on the board. Um, the Patriots, well, I mean, you, you look at the different position groups, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, etc. And I'm looking for the position group that's entitled a Patriots pick because that's all I hear in every mock draft oh yeah he's a Patriots pick um, there are two players left on the board and I, I, I'm really torn between the two I think I know which one I'm going to go for but I'll name them both I think linebacker is definitely a position of need for the, the Pats and I think Devin Lloyd is right up their street for the type of linebacker they would like but I'm not going to go for him. Instead, I'm going to go for a position, a player with great positional value, and I think he will just slot perfectly into their offensive line. And I hate to say it, they're going to stay local. Boston College's Zion Johnson, 
Yeah, I like it. I, 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 he's, I think he's gradually finally getting the buzz he deserves. He seems to be moving up into top 25 of a lot of people's draft boards. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, like him. He, he's played guard. He's played tackle yeah. a little bit. And he took reps in, in the um, uh, senior bowl at centre. So, um, I think he is one of the um, only NFL-ready interior O-linemen um, he'll just slot straight in there. And I mean, they traded away Shaq Mason, didn't they, to the Bucks, which was yeah. just. I'm, I don't understand it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I can't understand it. I mean, the Bucks needed to pick someone up after they lost um, uh, um, uh, two guards, basically. Yeah. Yeah, Alex Kappa went to the Bengals, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Zion Johnson's going to um, take uh, Shaq Mason's place. Jordan. Back to you at 22, oh, and it's the pressure, greasy, grimy Green Bay Packers. <laughs> Quarterback. Well, Quarterback. <laughs> Go on, just, just to annoy the, the, big, the biggest diva in the NFL. Ooh, get him a weapon. <laughs> uh, well, I know that they've got a pick at pick 28. I don't know who's, who's got that one, but... Me. I think... Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going... <sighs> I'm going on what I think. I'm just I'm predicting that it's going to happen. And obviously, this talk that the Packers are in talks with Darren Waller from, from the Raiders. So if they if that does happen, that ties them over with a target with the others they've got for a bit. So imagine later on, whenever he comes back, imagine having Jameson Williams come into that as well. You know, so I'm going to go Jameson Williams here. So that, but that if I, if I knew what Darren Waller wasn't going to come, or if he didn't come, it it, it would change. But that would see, I think that time over, and then Jameson Williams is Valdez Scandal times 10, you know what I mean? And he, he did a fight for himself, he can stretch the field, he, he, he can, he's got beautiful twitch off, the, off, off his routes and stuff. So I think it'd be a fantastic time for him. I think, I think that's a really, really good pick because um, apparently he's well, these are the reports, he's well ahead of schedule in terms of rehabbing. Um, and, you know, he, he will play a part um, during the course of the season. But I'll guarantee you one thing. You can put your bets on this. Whichever team he goes to, they will not allow him to do what Alabama did and ha- allow him on kickoff returns. <laughs> well, that is... So, John, just to clarify, and I don't... This might influence Rob, what Rob's going to do, so apologies, Rob. But if you were kind of saying if Waller goes there, which... I don't know. That's it. Seems to be his early stages. If Waller doesn't go, what would you have done differently there? Well, I think um, Peter influenced me as well because I think if he would have gone linebacker, I thought he might have gone. Um, what's the guy? Um, Devin Lloyd. Devin Lloyd. I, I thought I might have gone Nicole Dean, so I oh. thought I might have had Devin Lloyd. And I'm thinking, with that many wide receivers still on the board, mm. I thought he could pick one up with a pick twenty-eight. So, but. I, I, I think, thought, even though I've still got the ball for linebackers, I just didn't know if Jameson Williams had still been out. <coughs> I'd pick someone to select him. I think the draft for linebackers is pretty deep. I think second and third round, you've got some really good linebackers. If you desperately need one, you might want to wait till then. The positional value suggests as a first rounder, you'd have to be absolutely elite, sort of like a Micah Parsons. Um, I, I think wide receiver was definitely on the cards here. To answer your question, Andy, if he didn't go for Jameson Williams, which I think is a really good pick, I, I I suspect Drake London because they'd like a big big target, but I don't know. 
I was just just quickly, sorry, Andy. Go on. I was going to say to Jordan because on my board, from a little bit of the highlights and what I've read, I've got Devin Lloyd as the 13th best player on the draft, and I know Daniel Jeremiah I think is around 13 as well. Now, obviously, Jordan, you follow the pack. Is that the Pac-12 Utah, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, for me, like, is this a bit of a surprise for? Like you say, because I think Peter's answered my question a little bit, the depth's there, so naturally you're not going to reach early on for these guys. But if he's now falling into the mid-20s, isn't that now like a steal? Yeah, I'd say so. I, I really like Devin Lloyd. But I, Peter said the linebacker is quite deep later on, but I do think there's a, a drop-off from Devin Lloyd and Nicobe um, Dean. I, I like them both. I think they offer different things, but I think Devin Lloyd's just my linebacker one, so it would be a steal. But I suppose... Right Even though it's a steal, do you select him when you've got bigger needs? Like everyone's got different opinions on how you draft, don't you? Obviously, that's the beauty of when you watch it, you know, different GMs and things. But in my opinion, it'd be a steal, but other people might think differently. I could see only one linebacker going in the first round. I could see them slipping out, which is scandalous because there's some really good players. And every year I have a draft crush and it's a linebacker because I just love watching them, which is awful because the Bengals never draft a linebacker in the first round. But um, um, Devin Lloyd's fantastic. Uh, I think he would, he'd be good value there, but I could comfortably see uh, only one going in the first round in real life. Well, he's not, there isn't one going this next pick. <clears throat> this was a really, I felt really uninspired with this pick. 23 Arizona Cardinals. I just thought, no, for, for the listeners' benefit, Pete is celebrating again. No, we've won. No, they've won. It was always on the cards. And the fact we were 2-1 down at one point, we knew we were still going to win and get two goals in two minutes. So, What a team. Yeah, I was... And frankly, when, you, when I did a bit of research into the Cardinals, shock horror, their biggest needs were edge and cornerback. So every single team that we've covered so far, I think there's been the same, roughly. So I got a bit bored of that and thought, no, we're going somewhere else. Um, I am going to take Tyler Linderbaum. Mix things up a little bit. Um, they have, they've got a very good, um, they've got a very good player in Rodney Hudson in there, but he's 33 uh, soon, which is very old. And um, missed a good chunk of games last year with injury, which didn't help. Um, so I think they might they might do that and bring in his successor. Um, so yeah, mixing things up a little bit, taking Linda Bound at twenty three. This I've is seen, a question. To the great. I've, go on, Rob, go on. I was just going to say I've seen him drop to the Cowboys in the next pick a that lot my, of times in, in mock. So I was kind of <laughs> chuckling to myself. James, apologies. No, it's fine. That's exactly where I was going. Um, I, I find it fascinating, right? Taylor, Tyler Lindbaum was highly rated, like top 15, top 20 in most drafts when he was going into this. And, and for me, he was... I don't get it. It's sent to become like the non-sexy pick when it comes to the draft because being a Bucks fan, I watched six years of the centre being a massive problem, not being able to actually throw the ball back in any speed or it'd be over James Winston's head. I know Winston would have thrown an interception, but still it'd be nice if he caught it. <laughs> like after watching that and being frustrated for years, having Ryan Jensen come into town, someone who's not probably the best, most talented center, but a guy that's got guts and, and leads you. Linda Barn brings all of that and almost and he brings you a day one star. Like I'm I'm not, you know, I just think he comes straight in and he could be a solid center star. And to bring that leadership is huge. Now I know the Bengals obviously would love him. I think I think the Bucks until Ryan Jensen signed with him, 
would obviously would have loved to have him, but he never looked like he was going to get there. But the more mock drafts I read, the more I'm like, he could end up being as late as late twenties into the thirties, maybe even the early second round. Oh, I, really, it fascinates me. I, I see him getting to the Bengals at thirty-one quite frequently, and a lot of the debate amongst Bengals fans and media is, would would we? Because we don't need a, a centre. We've just um, picked up in free agency Ted Karras of um, the Patriots, who's got two Super Bowl he knows what he's doing. Mm. Um, we need a left guard, and therefore we can kick Karras across and get Lindebaum. So, yeah, it's a possibility. But yeah. people are toying with whether it's a good idea. Because, And I alluded to it earlier. His problem is he's got really, really short arms. He's a little bit lightweight, um, and therefore, will he be able to cope with the big nose tackles like your Tyler Davis that we that I was referring to? I, um, I mean, I like him as a prospect, and I I would certainly have no problem if the Bengals did pick him. But I understand the reservations, and that's why I think he he has dropped down. I, I've seen a video of him when he was um, uh, a high schooler at Iowa, um, and he won a wrestling bout against uh, his subsequent offensive teammate uh, Tristan Wirfs who was like 320 <laughs> pounds now impressive. Uh, yeah and uh, so he's got that wrestling ability um he's just got a knack he's got a natural talent but you're right there's there's a few concerns but it seems like he's overcome them in the most part of college and I think that's the thing there's just some guys who've just got it yeah. and I think I think he might take a year or two before he ends up nailing it but I think the thing the Cowboys are coming up next, and I was I if I was the Cowboys and the sensible head in me, I would have took him because their, their line needs to be readjusted again. It's not the no. Best. no. And, they, um, they drafted they've drafted a decent one. Was it last season or season before? Um, someone help me out here. The the center that they drafted, and he he's been decent. They need a guard because yeah, yeah. they they lost um, well they've lost a couple, but um, I'm not sure Linderbaum to the Cowboys would would have been ideal, but uh, I don't I want to influence whoever's p- picking for the for America's team right now. <laughs> but no, that's exactly it, though, because I read that up as well, and they were saying that Linda Baum could easily move over to being a guard. Like they, He apparently played a few snaps, he did that. Now, it depends on you move the centre to guard, but a lot of people were saying there was about six or seven teams from about now onwards. But like Linda Baum could come in and he could play guard or centre, well, or you move the centre over and then you start him centre. I, I, I don't wish to Cowboys would have been in that mix personally. I don't wish to contradict, but I hear the exact opposite that the reason he's dropping is because he's got no position of versatility. So, for example, um, we, I've talked about Zion, jo- Zion Johnson can play yeah. two or three. Um, uh, um, there's a few offensive linemen like that who can play two or three positions. Kenyon Green, who may get drafted next, no, inf- mm-hmm. no. Uh, um, but Tyler was is a centre-only prospect, wow. and that's affected his stock value, I believe. But that's fair. That's fair. So I was going there just partly because of what I was reading up. But the next thing, and it's just partly because we're kind of doing this draft a bit how we want to do it, but also with what reality might be. And we talked about this before we started recording, but um, the Cowboys don't necessarily go for who they need. Like, so the defense is, they've got some, they've got a few good players, obviously, but that is still an area that needs serious improvement for me. The line was the other one, but they weren't very sensible. Two years ago, they took a guy in the first round. All right, he's turned out pretty well. It wasn't a desperate need. I think they go trailing Burks here. Um, and that's that was my second choice after Linderbaum. And if I was the Cowboys and how they draft and proven history, I was going to go for trailing Burks just because I think it's more likely. And then Jordan decided to predict that before we even started recording. <laughs> so it, I tell you what, it's difficult now because there's no way I thought Drake London would be in this scenario. Yeah. He's been mocked in the top 10 for a lot of teams and they could do with really a proper wide receiver one, a big body guy. So 
I don't know what happens here if Drake London falls to him because really that might be the move. But I wasn't predicting Drake London being here, so I'm going to stick with Trey on Burks. I mean, decent pick. Um, I have to say that if the if it fell this way, I think that they would struggle not to stay local and go and pick Kenyon Green. They need they need uh, that on that offensive line. They need someone who can also cover at left tackle because left tackle is getting on in years and he's played left tackle. So and yeah, I would have picked Kenyon Green, but um, the other edge if there was any decent ones, Kaloftis could end up there very comfortably if he goes around this range, which I expect. But as a wide receiver, you had quite a few to pick from there. Our wide receivers don't seem to come off the board as quickly as I think they may do in real life. Yeah, I think you're right. Rob, Buffalo yeah, Bills. I'm with the Bills. Yeah, I think we spoke about this on the podcast. Come on, Rob. Last week or <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. So everything I read, it kind of leans one of two ways. I think um, cornerback is a pretty known target for them. Um, but seeing some of the best best ones are off the board. And to be honest, I don't know much about Booth Jr. or um, uh, Crikey, the names just escaped me. Um, Kyle, Kyle. Yeah, Kyle Edom or Kyle <laughs> Gordon as well. Those are the kind of next three, I think, aren't they? So that would be really obvious and pretty dull, I guess. So I'm going to keep one of our one of our hosts pretty happy. Uh, I think I alluded to this on the podcast a couple of years ago. I'm going to go with uh, a running back. <laughs> and I'm going to go with Bre- Brees Hill. Yes, good choice, Rob. Well done. Only because he's a Tottenham fan. Not Bruce Hall. I mean, Rob's a Tottenham fan. <laughs> it, hurts, it hurts me. Uh, very nice. Very nice. In real life, running back, going the first round. Yeah, you're on there. Uh, only if you're a Giants DM. <laughs> I think I think it's going to be a nay, personally. Yeah, I've heard a lot of Bills fans going absolutely nuts about getting Bruce Hall, but he's definitely being mocked there, but I don't think he'll go there. No. Yeah, I, I think he uh, Bills are probably the first team that he might end up at. Yeah. Uh, so I think a solid pick, Rob. But um, in real life, I think positional value and all that, they'll, someone will pick him up early in the second. Second, yeah. Yeah, I don't disagree. But I didn't want to put someone up I didn't know much about as a cornerback. So, um, Fair enough. Jordan, 26. We're into the last, uh, last few picks now. Tennessee Titans at 26. It's my uh, last pick, and it's uh, a nice and easy one because I didn't expect him to be here. I work, I were lining myself up for Zion Johnson at this this spot, but obviously Peter took him with the Patriots. So I'm going to take Kenyon Green. You know, offensive guards. I think um, Titans have been struggling with the guards over the years, and yeah, simple pick for me really. I, like I said, I didn't expect him to be here. Okay. I thought I might have to go linebacker out of one of the two, but. Nice and easy. I'll now watch you lot sweat out now till the end. And he, he, <laughs> he is absolutely suited for that Titans offensive line. Again, he's he's one that Bengals fans look at and hope he gets to 31 so he could play left guard. But he's a more of a power running scheme, uh, and we we don't we, we don't play the power running scheme. The Titans certainly do. So I think that um, Derek Henry would love to be running behind Kenyon Green. James, look at this. He's waited all night and he gets to pick a 27 for his beloved Tampa Bay books. Desmond Ridder. <laughs> Christ, what's he your name? hates him. <laughs> Maybe fourth round I'll take him. Um, oh, 
So defensive tackle, as it stands, I think we're going to get, I reckon we get Sue and uh, Gronkowski back, as I'm being honest. And if we do, then we can literally just take best player available. But as we still haven't technically signed them, you've got to bear it in mind. Now, the defensive tackles, there's no one here I want to take now. The, the two or three guys that I had in mind for, for the Lions gone. The edge rushers, I don't think I want to touch at this stage. I think the Bucks are going to move back, by the way. I generally think they've come out and said, there's not much first round talent by the time you get into the 20s. And I think they know that there's value to move out of this. So I think they could be one of the, the teams that move back. Now, I'm looking at the board. If I was going to go best team, uh, best player available, Devin Lloyd would obviously be the standout right now, or Drake London. But the two positions I don't think we're desperate at. So I don't see us doing that. Hence why we're probably moving out. Cornerback is still an area that we've got two guys that are coming up to their contract year. I don't think we're enamored by either of them. I think we'll keep one and let one go. So I think this is probably the time that we throw someone else in the mix. And I do feel like it's a teeny bit of a reach. I've got him at 29 on my board, so it's not that much of a reach. But I'm going to go simply because he's the next cornerback on my list. And I'm going to go Andrew Booth. And it's just simply because I've seen a few people mock draft him to us. We are pretty desperate for a cornerback. It's not really been the best, the strongest area of our side. I think safety's fine. I've seen us take Dax Hill. And I, I, I don't get me wrong, I'm not saying I wouldn't like it if he fell there, but I don't quite understand why we're desperate for safety. If we're going for position value, I'd say it's defensive tackle, cornerback, and then obviously probably inside linebacker, uh, inside um, offensive line. Now, value-wise out of what's left, I can only go with someone like Andrew Booth, who seems to be in the top 30 of a lot of people's mock drafts. I don't know him enough, but just simply because I think we need to try and get someone in the mix who can hopefully become a starter, because the other two are a bit hit and miss. They're injury-prone. I'm going to go with Andrew Booth. Okay. Andy, when you recruited me back in after a few weeks off, you said that James wouldn't be allowed to speak that much about Tampa Bay Buccaneers when it came to his <laughs> I know. That's it. That's a, that's all he gets now. You're lucky yeah. it weren't Brees Hall. <laughs> yeah, God. Yeah, that'd be we'd have to do a whole another episode. Um, I think that's um I think it's a decent pick uh, issues um about his long speed and he's not tested because of injury mm. with a few issues about his tackling but he's very intelligent he's got the, the, the size and the stature that um, I mean Booth was top 10 top 15 earlier on in the process it does seem to have slipped away I um, think that's the only reason he falls to us Peter if, he, if yeah. we have any chance of getting this late it's simply because he just didn't test I, I, I had a sneaky suspicion you might have gone for Boye Maffe there mm. he was probably on the, one of the five I was looking at at this stage yeah. but yeah. I feel like it's just a few picks too early, but I think mm. if we move back, say, 10 spots, one of those guys will be in that range. And it's, it's not, I mean, the Bengals haven't been in this position for many years, but it's not unusual for someone late in the first round to look to trade out. The Patriots did it all the time for a team coming up late first round so they can pick a player with a fifth-year option. Um, and But I, from all I'm hearing, people are wanting to move down, as you said, the box would, but there isn't a lot of interest. No, I don't think people are wanting to move up in this draft quite as much as, um, um, as usual. Maybe it's because the court, the quarterbacks aren't as exciting this year, um, and there are that many wide receivers that they think they can get one bit lower down. I, I, I don't know. I think uh, the quarterback is the main purpose for moving up and back, isn't it? You get that extra year, and it's you know a rookie contract. So I don't think there's anyone worth doing. Like I know you did mention Den uh, Ridder before when we talked before, and I just think I think that's still a reach. I mean, if someone really does like him and see a project in him, then they should do it. But I don't think anyone will personally. I don't want to influence anyone else for the rest of the pod, but 
I could comfortably see a team who are contenders, who um, are already well stacked late in the first round or in the second round, trading up into the first to get the fifth year option to go for someone like, um, oh, uh, names just uh, escaped me, the injured um, uh, Penn State, uh, sorry, Michigan wide uh, um, edge rusher, who's, who's injured. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Because if they know what he could be, but if they're going to have to redshirt him for at least one year, then try and get a fifth year option on him. And then you'll get you'll get four years of production out of him before you have to pay him. So I could see I could see him coming at the end of the first round, perhaps or someone trading up if someone like the uh, the Chiefs don't go for him. So. Yeah, you kind of stole my thunder, Peter. I went, I'm obviously on next, Andy. Yeah. So you can move move to me if you want. Yeah, go for it, man. Yeah, so he was on my shortlist really for this for this pick um, for that very reason, Peter. So yeah, great great summary on that. Um, but I think, you know, as Jordan took wide receiver, and as much as I'm tempted to take Drake London and give Aaron Rodgers even less excuses, <laughs> um, he's probably more fitted to a team coming up in a minute. So I will take, um, I guess, the easy option out a little bit. I think linebacker is still a need for the Packers from from what I've read and researched. So I will take Devin Lloyd off the board. Very nice. Well, not too nice. much sense for the Packers, doesn't it? This is actually a very good draft. <laughs> Yeah, that's awful, isn't it? Uh, quickly, move away from the Packers. This is interesting because we've got the Chiefs 29 and 30. I'm going 29. Peter's up with the next pick. So, honestly, I have no idea what the Chiefs would do. Um, I've seen so many mocks with completely contrasting uh, takes positionally. Um, I think, it, I mean, I, I just can't not go on best best available at this stage and I, I think I don't like some of the moves they've made um, so just you know for the crack I'll draft um, a big Quarter, ass, a quarterback a big ass wide receiver um, and I'll take I'll take um, Drake London to, to the Chiefs could you imagine if he lands 29th overall to the Chiefs mm. I, I think um, maybe with the exception of Lucas being picked in the first round, I think that pick there is perhaps the most wildish, wildest in terms of where we think he'd probably go in real life to how we've picked him. Because uh, I think Drake London is a more like a top 12, 15, 14 yeah. maybe at the most. Yeah. yeah, so it's quite strange to get to see him come down to 30. And so go then back to back, Peter. Yeah, okay. So the draft's mine now. Um, well, I've mentioned it already. Let's not beat around the bush. Um, the surprisingly, one of the worst teams in terms of sacks last season was the Chiefs, which is unbelievable. And they need to pressure. We've talked about what the AFC West is like with these quarterbacks and Derek Carr. So um, I think they will decide to go for David Ojabo. They will hope to get him back for the playoffs if they get that far. Um, they've got to play the Bengals once more, who will obviously beat them again, so they may knock them out. Um, so Ojabo, they'll, they'll get the fifth-year option. They'll hope to get a little bit of um, something out of him in the playoffs. I think he, he'd be ideally suited for them. 
Imagine that the Chiefs, if the Chiefs stay where they are, um, 29 30, and they came out of this draft with a Jarbo and Drake London, whichever <laughs> way around, you know, my word, that'd be sickening. Uh, you're back on with the Bengals, Peter. Oh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, now if we are picking out of personal choice, I've already said that I love linebackers, and therefore Nicobe Dean will be right there. That's not a position of need, um, but so I'm going to have to stay clear of that. Um, positions of need are offensive line insofar as we need a left guard. Um, Zion Johnson would be a dream. Can you agree a possibility? Um, I, I like Tyler Smith of Tulsa, uh, who is offensive tackle, but is expected to kick inside. We also need a three-tech. Um, that's a sneaky position of need, a three-tech. And so Perry and Winfrey interests, but does feel a little bit high for him at 31. So ultimately, I'm going to go for someone who's been mocked to us quite a lot. Um, we have um, a need at cornerback. Uh, Ab um, Apple did surprisingly well for us last year. We've re-signed him. Um, he he started off as cornerback four and became a starting um, wide that and actually did uh, pretty well for us last season. But will he manage to repeat that? We don't know. Um, so I'm actually going for, I normally get scared off Florida the cornerbacks, but I'm going for Kair Elam. He's got the height. He's got the speed. He's got the aggressiveness. Um, he's got long enough arms. Has some tackling issues, but um, I think he, at 31, is the best talent available in a position of relative need for the current AFC champions, Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> Lovely summary, that. And James has taken uh, Kenneth Walker with a 32nd pick to the Detroit Lions, and that's the end of it. Is that right, James? No. No. Um, so obviously I'm the Detroit Lions, so I must have won a Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, that's how it works, isn't it? So yes, we obviously picked up the Rams. Vic. Um I had I've been wide receiver was in the mix here. Um so was linebacker. So it's just I mean, I'll be honest, I'm I'm at the point where I've only got two or three left people left on my list. So it just seems outrageous that if Nakobe Dean is still here. You'd be silly not to take it. I don't think it's their number one requirement, but it's definitely a requirement, and he's great value at this point. So, you, the wide receivers, Johan Dotson's in the mix, but as much as I think he is in that range, and people do like him in maybe a late first round pick, I do think there's much more value here. So, I'm going to go to Kobe D. Well, very nice. That was fun. Yeah, it was. Can I be devil's advocate there? Of course. Um, they need a wide receiver. They need a linebacker. They pick early in the second round. Dotson will be there. Yeah. Ty Moore will be there. Really good wide receivers. Yeah. There's Nicobe, value there, isn't there? Nicobe Dean would probably still be there. Quay Walker, loads of linebackers will be there. Why, why would you not go quarterback at 32? Because they, they cannot be sold on um, Goff. No, I, I, I totally agree. I don't think they're sold on golf. 
Goff, but I don't think they're sold on anyone else either. Like, I suppose a Kenny Pickett, what the thing is, like, you've got to look at it. Kenny Pickett is probably the next one. Like, if you're looking at the next, it depends on who you talk to, but a lot of people are saying Kenny Pickett's the only real guy that could probably go in there. For me, I'd rather have Jared Goff from Kenny Pickett. Like, there's no guarantee Kenny Pickett ends up working out better longer term than, well, Goff ain't going to work out either. But for me, like, I think there's a lot of people are mocking him to Matt Corral maybe in the next pick. But I would roll the dice this year. Personally, that's what I would do. I'd be looking at the long term thinking, roll the dice. If we end up having like a finish in the top 10, we might be in the mix for one of the top two or three next year. Now, that's a big risk. We all know that doesn't mean it plays out for Bryce Young and that are as good as they're anticipated to be. And Spencer Rattler ends up sorting himself out. And there's three or four guys next year that will probably be better than anything we've got here. So for me, I'd roll that dice personally. But, you know, you shouldn't look to lose, should you? But they're not quite set up really to win more than four or five, six, six games. Maybe if everything works out, they could just do that. So if they win four or five, they're in that mix for that top 10 and they haven't got to give a lot up to move up. So I would be looking at that if I was the Lions and just get your team ready. But could they be tempted? I don't know. Who would you take? I wouldn't want Pickett personally. So listeners, um, what James is basically saying can be summarised into one word, tanking. <laughs> that is it. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not saying that the the Lions would do would, would go quarterback or pick this guy. But I think the disrespect for Sam Howell's unbelievable. I think he's a decent quarterback and he's much better. I'm not saying he's he's a franchise quarterback going future. But when people are mentioning Pickett and Ridder at number thirty two, I think Howell's miles better than them. He's only. Okay, he's, I agree. He's played that. three years. His true freshman season was unbelievable. Everyone's going on about him. For, he's had a bad twenty twenty one. You've seen all of the guys that they took away from him that went to the NFL. You know, his offensive that, line were horrible. offensive line was absolutely horrific. I, I totally agree. You can tell if there's one quarterback that stands out probably who could run an offense, I think he's that type of guy. I think you could put him in there. He would pick up a lot of the intangibles quite quickly. And I, I think it's surprising that he's just completely out of the question of maybe going in the top three or four quarterbacks. But uh, but once again, I don't think they would be looking to take him here. I don't Maybe they would, but I don't think they would. If you want to do... Go on. I saw, as much as I said that, like, I still probably wouldn't risk him here. I'm, I'm quite happy to wait until next year. If I'm another team looking to trade up who might think, right, I need to think of maybe the next three or four years and there's a chance, then I might do it. But mm-hmm. I think if I'm the Lions, I'm just thinking there might be just as good options, if not better, next year for me when I'm in the top 10, 15, and I can move up. That's what I'm thinking. But as Peter said, it is a tanking mentality, definitely. I, I, I'm also a keen fan of Desmond Ridder. Now, I'm not saying he's QB1. I'm not saying that he's a franchise quarterback. I think he could be. I think he's ex- he's very mature. He, uh, he's a winner. He wins games. I would happily draft him, have him sit behind Goff, have him replace Goff the moment that Goff um, falls off the rails, as he's prone to doing. That wouldn't stop me going and getting one next season. Because Ridder, if he doesn't work out, Ridder is a really good backup. And we know how important backups are um, in the NFL. And he'd be very cheap as well. Uh, so I, I think if I'm Lions, I'm going quarterback at, uh, at 32 because I'm picking at, what am I picking, 35, 34, something like that. So I can get whoever else I wanted then. So horses, courses. What about, if that's all the draft talk done, 
Does anybody? That's a food question. It's a food debate. Is anybody interested in that before? Hang we on. Go? Aren't we moving on to round two? We've got rounds two to seven to go. Yeah. We've got another four hours. I'm prepared for this. Peter's going to carry on that. I've got a long snapper in round seven that I've got my eye on. I'm telling you. He's got twelve linebackers for round two. Well, I'm going to keep and this. Angles as well. Andy, just keep it on record, and we'll all, we'll go. Yeah, I will do this. I am going to keep this, and I'm going to. I'll send everybody the completed uh, version, and we'll see how how close if 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 we get any of them right. Um, is is there any appetite for a food debate? Quickly before all, we go. Always, back? always. I just it's, it's you pardon the pun. Yeah, I mean it's 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 really a, a burning question. I was having uh, my lunch at work today, and. I thought, how versatile the baked potato is. Is it not? Just a truly versatile option. And um, I thought, what, what, you know, what can you have on it? You know, you could just have one. Because last week I had one nearly every day at work. And we get them at work. And I swear they're these, like, genetically modified, massive bastard potatoes, like the size of your head. I don't know where they get them from. Huge things. And you just get mounds and mounds of whatever topping you want on it. So what would be your, your topping of choice on a baked potato? Everyone else was nodding, so I'll let everyone else answer this. Well, when, uh, go, go, for it. It. No, go for it, Rob. When I, my wife and I were travelling in Australia a few years ago, we were out there for a few months and then um, when we stayed with some friends just outside Melbourne and these guys did a, a bit of a barbecue for us, which is obviously customary in Australia, um, and served serve these what they call loaded jacket potatoes so it was a jacket potato cooked in cooked in foil a little bit of olive oil salt and pepper in the oven quite a medium to high high heat two hours come out really really soft crispy on the outside but not not cremated they served it with um crispy bacon chopped up spring onions sour cream and sweet chili sauce and a little bit of grated cheese on top and it was absolutely spectacular so that definitely gets my n- number one vote. Nice. Mm. I mean, I, I love jacket potatoes. I'll have them all year round, a couple of a week, if not more. Um, and what I have on it just depends really on the season. So in warm, warmer climes, I'll have a cold topping, you know, cottage cheese or grated cheese or something like that. When I used to work, um, there was a spud van on one of the sort of in the, in the town centre. And so I used to every now and again go and get a, a cooked spud for, for lunch. And my topping of choice was um, uh, chilli with grated cheese on top. So, And what's also nice on it, um, given last week's, uh, <laughs> what I perhaps should um, reference is gentleman's relish. <laughs> Yay! Of course. <laughs> go on, Jordan. You're a, a proper northerner. What do proper northerners have on their potatoes? Gravy. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Back up. Back up. When you say proper northerner, what, what am I? No, I'm, you... I'm, I'm north born and bred from the arm. <laughs> you also are. You also are, Peter. No. Just... I'm not going to be able to beat Robin Peters, am I? So, as a traditional northerner, I, I'll have many toppings, but you can't just beat a bit of beans and cheese, can you, really? Well, I years ago I got that. I was at college and I asked for that. I went into this little shop uh, where we used, we used to go. It was years ago. Um, <laughs> someone, someone overlay the um, last of the summer wine musical. Um, 
And I asked for that in the shop, and the lady behind the counter looked at me like I was mental. And it can't be that uncommon, can it? That wasn't that request. That was just you, Andy. <laughs> it made me feel bad. Um, when I used to go to the Spud van, I, um, a colleague would say, well, get me one as well. And you used to have exactly the same, beans and cheese. But here's the thing. Here's my question of you. Which way around? Beans, cheese on top, or the other way around? Oh. I have a logical answer to this one, but I'm interested in what you fancy. It's a double really question. Well, I've, never about, I've never thought about it before, but I've always gone beans and cheese. I don't know. I was I was thinking the other way around. Actually. I was thinking the other way around. You melt the cheese on top and then you pour your beans. No, no. The cheese melt, melts into the beans. There you go. Jordan's got it right. <laughs> Look, it's it's you got you got the molten lava of the earth and the earth's crust on top. That's what it is. <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not proper northern. It seems, James. No. What do you have on your spuds? I am not a massive fan of jacket potato. It's not that I don't like it, but it's too healthy for me. He has avocado and quinoa. <laughs> no, no, don't be silly, Peter. Just pure steak. He, um, has, he has McDonald's on top of it. Oh, yeah, probably three double cheeseburgers. Um, when I do have it, it's usually just cheese and beans, I have to say. But to be honest, that's just because we're throwing it together and it's a last-minute thing. But after hearing Rob, that... I mean, I've had sour cream with it, obviously, as well. That's that's lovely. So what Rob suggested sounds absolutely exotic, and I've never actually done it to that level. So I might do that, and well, it might convert me into it. Maybe you've, had, you've had the barbecue out recently. Get that on the next one. It's yeah. like the Americans have loaded fries. It's the same mm. thing. They'll have the fries or jacket potato and the bacon mm. and the cheese, and that. It's, 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 uh, it's very nice, very nice. It's- very good. And, and the same with, like, yeah, all that. It's just amazing. Just terrible for you. That's the thing. So if I have a jack potato, surely it's a healthy option. So I have to have salad with it. So I'm not going to pour lots of stuff on it. With shitloads of cheese on it, James. Very healthy. That's me. Right. I think we've uh, taken enough of everybody's time. Thoroughly enjoyed that. And if you're staying up for it, which I think probably the rest of you are, there's no way I'm doing that and going to work the next day. I should be up first thing to watch the highlights. But do enjoy it. Thank you. Mm. I'll be asleep by a pick 15 every year. <laughs> I I love the draft. It's my time of the year. I love watching the players um, in preparation for it. It's my time of the year, so I book it off. I book the day off work, so I'll be watching um, all the, you know, day one, day two, and day three, all the way through. I do a shadow draft team, you see, with with some friends. So I, over the last few years, I've been doing a shadow draft, which is which is great fun and building up my own um, um, roster, so... Ooh, that sounds yeah. amazing. I, I like I like the idea of uh, if I was a GM, what I'd do. But then, yeah, it, it is good because then you track the players, and so I, I will uh, change them um, sort of different colour logos. So if um, if they make a pro bowl, I'll change it. So I've gone and shadow drafted a a pro bowler. You now get to a stage where I've been doing two picks per round in the first few years just to start to build up the roster. Now you're starting to have to draft based upon need you haven't got free agency so you've only got a draft and you've got certain spots i mean how many centers have you actually drafted you also have to remove players that, that um have bombed out I, I go the whole hog i do udfas as well wow uh, and really? if udfa is still on your team after a couple of years you feel this, really really good about it this is absolutely a podcast me me andy and the former member was actually talking about doing something and just doing it every year and building it up. And then to be fair, we have completely forgotten about it until you just said that, Peter. So maybe that's something we can do in a couple of weeks' time where we just 
I don't know, we'll have two picks each and we start building up a roster. Okay. If you, if you start, make it easy for yourself. So if you're going to do two, two per round, pick um, what, what I did is pick one, pick 15 or 16. Uh, and then the next year I did seven and 20. And then this year I haven't decided, but I might do 10 and 30, something like that. Um, just make it increasingly difficult. And then after that, just one pick per round. It just so happened that when I started doing it, I had the first round pick and I got Joe Burrow. There we go. Oh, yeah, there he is again. <laughs> on that, no, go on, Rob. No spoilers on the WhatsApp group chat, chaps on the Thursday night. No, exactly. Yeah, I'll just okay. ignore my phone. Anybody want to, want to mention two before we go? <laughs> right fellas been a pleasure as always we'll call it a day enjoy your week enjoy your draft and we'll speak soon